This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Monday, October 3rd. Good morning. I'm Jeff Nally. Here's today's headlines. Heat smoke protections approved. Guaranteed farm worker pay vetoed. And SCOTUS starts term with Clean Water Act wetlands case. California bans shipping fees on delayed cargo. Governor Newsom has signed into law a measure prohibiting shipping companies from charging exporters added fees for cargo delayed at seaports. This is a fundamental matter of fairness for our California businesses and the consumers who ultimately pay the price, Newsom wrote in his signing message. This bill does not limit or inhibit all-day continuous operations at California's ports. He stressed that the shipping industry must continue to seek out ways to boost efficiency and move goods around the clock. He also assured the industry his administration would address any potential unintended consequences of his veto. New protections for extreme heat and smoke. Newsom also approved a bill to strengthen California's protections for outdoor workers from heat illness and wildfire smoke. Late amendments to AB 2243 dropped a provision requiring Cal OSHA, the state's workplace regulator, to adopt an ultra-high heat standard. The measure instead requires employers to supply educational materials on heat illness to workers. Farm and restaurant organizations viewed the bill as simply duplicating existing standards while overriding the state's regulatory process and creating confusion for employers. Now, other bills signed into law include SB 1044. It allows workers to flee the job site during natural disasters and mass shootings. SB 892 seeks to protect water infrastructure from cybersecurity attacks. AB 951 to increase payouts for family and medical leave. And AB 1041 expands family leave to those outside the family. Newsom nixes drought pay for farm workers. Newsom has vetoed SB 1066, a bill to establish a pilot program sending supplemental income to farm workers who have lost work due to the drought. The bill initially proposed to pay agriculture workers $1,000 per month for three years, but that provision fell by the wayside in May. The bill had no funding to back the proposal, meaning it would have faced an uphill battle in navigating the budget process next year. In his veto message, Newsom noted that the state just invested $35 million for a separate five-year pilot program experimenting with guaranteed income. As with many of the bills that failed to receive his signature, SB 1066 drew concern over adding new costs as a recession looms on the horizon. It is important to remain disciplined when it comes to spending, he wrote, echoing several other veto statements. We must prioritize existing obligations and priorities. SCOTUS starts term with Clean Water Act wetlands case. The Supreme Court kicks off its October term this morning with a wetlands case that many observers think the court will use to trim the federal government's authority over wetlands. The Pacific Legal Foundation, which is representing an Idaho couple whose attempts to build on their property, 
have been stymied because of jurisdictional wetlands, says a victory, quote, could potentially free up millions of acres of land for productive activity like home construction, farming, or any other land-related resource activity. To more than 100 environmental and community groups on the other side, they say, quote, the extreme outcome sought by the coalition of polluters backing this case would strip protections from millions of miles of streams and millions of acres of wetlands, reversing decades of bipartisan practice protecting clean water, said D.J. Gherkin, the executive director and president of the Southern Environmental Law Center. A typical prediction. An Ohio State University law professor says the court will probably restrict the federal government's authority. Significantly, the Environmental Protection Agency and Army Corps of Engineers are working on their latest regulatory definition of waters of the U.S., which is scheduled to be published after the arguments, but before the decision is issued. Given the change makeup of the court since 2006 when it issued its fractured Rapnos decision, a logical prediction is that the court will not only set aside the Ninth Circuit's application of the significant nexus test, but will also adopt late Justice Anton Scalia's test as the proper way to determine when a wetland is, quote, a water of the United States, subject to EPA jurisdiction said Peggy Kirk Hall, Associate Professor of Agricultural and Resource Law, in a preview of the case. Former Justice Anthony Kennedy's test requires that wetlands have, quote, a continuous surface connection to relatively permanent standing or flowing bodies of water to be deemed waters of the U.S. Scalia says such a connection is required between wetlands and permanent waters. Hall notes. Legislators ask for GAO report on USD enforcement of foreign land reporting law. Representative Glenn Thompson and James Comer, along with 120 other Republican House members, have sent a letter to the Government Accountability Office requesting a study into the Agriculture Department's enforcement of the Agricultural Foreign Investment Disclosure Act. AFIDA, passed by Congress in 1978, requires foreign investors to file a form with their local FSA office after purchasing or divesting land. But an AgriPulse investigation found that USDA relies heavily on investors to voluntarily report acquisitions. It has only three employees who oversee the reporting law, and it counts on violators to turn themselves in. The legislators asked the GAO to study USDA's procedures for collecting data on land acquisitions, if the Agriculture Department should partner with other agencies to accurately ensure disclosure, and what policy improvements could be made to strengthen reporting. Now keep in mind, USDA data indicates that 37.6 million acres are about 2.9% of the nation's total farm, ranch, and forest land were under foreign ownership in 2020. About 32% of the foreign-held acres belong to entities owned entirely by Canadians and by U.S. corporations with Canadian shareholders. EPA proposes measure to protect California species from methamyl. 
EPA is proposing, proposing strategies to reduce the impact of the use of methamyl on three endangered species in an attempt to identify mitigation early in the pesticide registration review process. To mitigate potential risk to the valley elderberry longhorn beetle, the vernal pool tadpole shrimp, and the California tiger salamander, the agency has developed measures, quote, that are expected to reduce their exposure to methamyl and the likelihood of being adversely affected. Proposed measures include prohibition of methamyl use in some areas and measures that minimize methamyl spray drift and runoff in areas that extend over the pilot species range and critical habitat. Well, here's today's He Said It. We're not going to stand by while greedy oil companies fleece Californians. That Governor Newsom, who called for a tax on oil companies to offset high gas prices. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Monday, October 3rd. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Nelly.